Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Damian Williams trying to get to the edge. Breaks a tackle, 35, 30. Damian Williams, 20. Stays in bounds. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. And the snap goes high over the head of Big Ben. All the way back to the 2, to the 1. And the Browns have it in the end zone. And they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown. Carl Joseph's got it in the end zone. A touchdown. Derek looks left. Derek going to throw for the end zone. Caught. It is caught. Hey Brad, I, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think your mic is on. Well, here we go, Spence. There we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm talking to a bunch of nobody. I apologize <laughs> about that. Welcome to the rest stop. It's January twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. Spencer Ostrowski. You can follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. I'm Brad Restituto. Follow me on Twitter at Brad the Believer. On Instagram, Brad the Believer, and then the Facebook channel as well. Got a good show for you tonight. Super Bowl fifty five coming up in just a little over one week. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's going to be in store for next week's show as we have Super Bowl week. We'll get into some NBA discuss- discussion, Spence, as the Lakers last night fell their first road loss of the season to the Sixers, came back tonight and dropped two straight to the Pistons. We'll talk a little NBA and some games on the tap for tomorrow. Uh, but Spence, I want to start off the show with a little bit of news that's going on. It's kind of taking over the news cycle aside from COVID-19. Um on people's news, on people's social media feed. It's this big story about GameStop and GameStop stock that skyrocketed uh, to over 200 over $300 a share from over a couple weeks ago. It was somewhere around $10. And this is just an insane story, Spence, because what it comes down to is we know that the big bucks, the big 
wealthy 1% have a big say and a big pull when it comes to money manipulation, stocks, bonds, and kind of a little bit of a win for the little guy. I want you, Spence, to start this conversation off and tell the audience that's listening a little bit about what's going on with GameStop and the stocks. And we'll get into this in some detail about how maybe that ties into sports because we know sports is run by a bunch of billionaires and then how it also affects guys like me and you. Spence, yeah, floor is yours. This is a truly fascinating story. So I'm going to take you guys through a bunch of clips like to break it down, to explain it to its kind of core values. This isn't going to be the perfect run through. Uh, this is not going to be the like an hour long podcast that you guys are going to see. But I'm going to start with clip one. This guy's going to and basically explain what has been happening behind the scenes for a very long time that none of us have known about. Uh, so here, just listen to clip one and we'll go from there. And among Wall Street, it is the hedge funders. And within the hedge funders, it is specific set of people known as the short sellers. For years, the short sellers have colluded amongst themselves, used the media and more to manipulate markets and specific stocks by forcing massive runs on well-meaning companies, all so that they can make billions on the flip side. Okay, so he says he goes over a few things here. Hedge funds, short selling. So what are those two things? So before we get into the, the deeper conversation, I'm first going to show you a clip on what a hedge fund is, and then we'll go over what short selling is as well. We'll start with hedge funds. So here is a clip on hedge funds. Well, hedge funds happen to manage about 1% of all of the assets under management in the US. And because they are unregulated, it means they don't have to obey some of the rules either. Now, on the surface of it, they look a lot like regular pension or mutual funds, right? You know, you go to investors, you get a bunch of money, you invest that money in certain securities and you make more money. Well, because they're unregulated, hedge funds have a lot more freedom than these other funds, kind of like motorcycle gangs. Firstly, they can buy whatever the heck they like, right? Not just stocks or bonds or whatever it is. They can buy fine art or fine wine or rare earths or any other commodity, whatever they fancy. Secondly, they can invest in pretty much any way that they like. You know, they can use derivatives. They can sell short. They can and they do use leverage, which is where they go out and they borrow vast amounts of money in order to make their investments. Next, they can charge pretty much whatever they want. Most hedge funds charge investors who put money into their funds 2% of the money that comes in, and then they take 20% of any profits at the end of the year. Finally, hedge funds can manage their funds in pretty much whatever way they like. That includes locking the funds up, which means that investors can't get their money back before a certain period. Okay, so a hedge fund for the most part is just a bunch of rich people get together, something that you know you or I would never have the opportunity to do, where you make a bet, a, a business bet on something. It's gambling like you do in a casino in a sports book, but you're just doing it with different stuff like art or stock. And then what? Uh, on the flip side, another part of hedge funds are short selling. So I'll play a short uh, clip on what is short selling, and then I'll explain it even further. And then we can get into what this has anything to do with GameStop, because the fundamentals of this are extremely important because you're going to hear these terms over and over again. Short selling is a risky way to profit from declining stock prices. Basically, it is a bet against a stock or company. When you buy a stock, you expect the price to go up. On the other hand, when you short a stock, you expect the price to go down. Shorting a stock is the inverse of buying a stock, which is often referred to as going long. Okay, so short selling is, the idea is you are negative buying a stock. So you're trying to freeze it at a certain price and hope that it goes down, and then you profit off of the lower value of that stock. So meaning you could freeze a stock price at $100, let's say it's $100 now, and you think it's going to tank. 
So they have this price at $100. So when it does drive down to $70, then you profit every single stock $30 off of that single stock. Now, that may seem really risky to you. And it sure is. Bank like when you buy stock, you're hoping that it booms and busts, right? So why would someone short sell a stock? Well, the idea is that these guys are extremely influential investors and they also know a lot of influential people. So they, like one of the most some of the most famous investors in the world, if they come out and publicly say, Hey, GameStock suck uh, stock is terrible, do not buy. And then the people who own the stock currently will start short selling that stock or start selling their stock, excuse me, meaning that the price of the stock goes down, they get what they want. So they're essentially guaranteeing that the stock price goes down and then they profit billions of dollars off of that. Doesn't sound very ethical. It is not. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and roll clip two here and he's going to mention short selling and he's going to mention hedge funds. It should make a lot more sense to you now when he starts talking about it. Now, the story of GameStop and its recent market actions is itself a tale of corruption within the Wall Street elite and how a band of mostly young, underemployed and spiteful millennials banded together to make them pay a real price for the first time in decades. Major Wall Street institutions like Melvin Capital, which is managed by Gabe Plotkin, took out huge short positions on GameStop stock. They were joined by analysts like Andrew Left of Citron Research in taking the public position that GameStop stock would go down. Now, this is a classic Wall Street maneuver. You take a short position, you and many others in the financial in circle all say publicly the stock is going to go down, which causes people who care about what they do to sell. The stock goes down, they make a lot of money. Boom, just like I explained. Spence, before you continue, I think Brian Bravo is getting hedge fund confused with the old Sega Genesis game, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, where he jumps through rings and there's a movie made about him. He's a blue character. Uh, Brian Bravo has had uh, a little bit of sauce tonight. So I don't know that he's really following what's going on uh, with this whole deal. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the insane news that's taking over the airwaves, the social media waves. This is GameStop, the uh, video game store that, you know, anybody that's 40 or under at some point in time has probably stepped into one. And if you've ever played PlayStation or any type of video games, GameStop is, is the little retail brick and mortar place where you can go in and you could buy games. And uh, all of a sudden, in the last 48 hours, it's just become an enormous news situation and circumstance because the rich people are getting their ass kicked and a bunch of people on a, uh, on a chat room page, Reddit site, have funneled a shit ton of money into GameStop and now it's gone through the roof. And so you got people that got $50, uh, $50 cash in their Christmas card, they've invested in GameStop and now they've got over a thousand dollars sitting in their pocket they're, they're feeling fat and happy. Uh, and you know, a lot of these people that manipulate the financial systems that have all this money, trust me, a lot of these sports owners have a lot of pull when it comes to this stuff. Spence, the floor is still yours though, by the way, continue on, on how all this kind of has come together to where we're at now. Yeah. Okay. So now that you understand the fundamentals of what's going on, it's very important that you do, especially when you start talking about it with other people, that way you're informed. So now we come to GameStop. So essentially I'll play this last clip and then I'll go even further. He explains how GameStop ties into all the short selling and hedge funding. Uh, and you'll see kind of how it works out. The only thing I'll mention with this is you talk about those chat rooms. It's Reddit. It's called Reddit is a website where people just find groups of people who like similar things. 
this one happened to be r slash like wall street bets or something like that where some guy made a special notice about a hedge fund uh and they took advantage of it but then a merry band of people on reddit they took notice on a subreddit it's called wall street bets it has 2.2 million traders and they said you know what hold on a second a user in April 2020 took notice that 84% of all GameStop stock at the time was held in short, a massive bet for no discernible reason. That Reddit user implored others to buy the stock and to instruct their own brokers not to allow their shares to be lent towards short positions of short sellers. This alone caused the stock to soar by nearly 50% in a single day, which, as Bloomberg notes, was the biggest gain in 18 years of the company history. Okay, so there we go. That, that's the culmination of it. Essentially, someone on Reddit noticed that 84% of GameStop stock was in short sell, meaning 84% of the people who own stock in the business were depending on that business failing. And then someone said, hey, look, someone is trying to dog us. They're trying to like tank the value of this stock. So if we buy the stock and we tell our brokers, do not put this into any of the short stock, we want it to be legitimate stock, the price is going to shoot up. So it went from like $10 to about $330. So instead of making the money on that, like I said, they would have profited, uh, let's say they bought it 100 and it was 70. Instead of profiting $30 on every single one, they now make like negative 200 and something dollars on every single piece of stock. They had owned like $300 and that might not sound like a lot individually, but we're talking about billions here. They put a, like hundreds of millions of dollars on this one stupid idea and now it's being exploited and now the value of it's tanking. The unfortunate part about all of this is that Robinhood has taken off GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry, because these are all the kind of the target ones that people are going for. You cannot buy it on Robinhood, which is the most common way for people who aren't like millionaires to buy stock. So they're essentially telling people that they cannot do this anymore it's what people are doing is the exact same thing that billionaires have been doing which is short selling basically ensuring that something happens against them all we did was ensure that the stock price went up all they would do is ensure that the stock price went down but but when we do it when the common people do it then it becomes a problem and then they have to change the regulation on it spence do you think any of these uh rich billionaires or multi-millionaires do you think any of them are jumping off buildings uh when their <laughs> short sales are continuing to to go completely opposite the direction that they predicted well i mean it was one of the safest bets for them and that's how they made billions of dollars because again they have so much influence media i'm not sure i'm not going to take it that far but certainly if you have like business podcasts or just you as an individual if you're known as one of the best investors in the world People will hear your opinion. And this is the first time that a lot of people have heard the word hedge fund. The, a lot of the time, the first people use short selling. So when they tell you that this, the value of GameStop stock stinks, you're going to believe them and you're going to sell your uh, GameStop stock. And that's basically we're just exploiting that matter and just saying, look, you cannot do this anymore because we will find out. Because if anybody has stock that's like 84% short, we know that you're just trying to profit off our misery. Spence, do you know anybody personally that was involved on the positive side getting in maybe before the game stock stock price skyrocketed where it was? Did, have you heard any stories of anybody that you know or that they know that got involved in this? I've just seen the stories like some guy paid for his dad's surgery and stuff like that. You, you see it online. You don't know what's true and what's not true. But obviously, there are plenty of people like regular people who probably profited the most like $50,000 off of this. If you're a sound investor, even rich people profited off of this, by the way. Yeah, if you're just jumping in, GameStop stock went 
uh, through the roof here in the last 24 hours. It's a big talk on social media, on the news outlets. If you want to jump in that conversation, jump in the chat here. Shoot us an email at reststoppodcast at gmail.com. If you missed any part of the show live on the Twitch app, twitch.tv slash Football, make sure you check out the podcast version of the Rest Stop. You can do that on Audio Boom, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you search Landry Football Conference Call and the rest stop is underneath there. You can follow Spencer on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Follow myself, Brad Restituto, on Twitter at Brad the Believer. Spence, let's uh, let's before we jump into some NBA action. Super Bowl Fifty Five will be coming up a week from this Sunday. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady in his tenth Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes and company and the Chiefs looking to go back to back. Before we get into a lot of discussion about that. I want to encourage everybody that's listening now or that will listen on the podcast. Next week, we're going to go heavy Super Bowl talk. The week of the Super Bowl, we'll get into the breakdown of the game, how each team could win against the spread. We're going to jump into some big-time prop bets. Uh, If you want to have a little bit of fun on the Super Bowl, you want to get in on some action, even if you're not in Vegas, we're going to give you some ways to make some money. I was awesome in my prop bets last year. Uh, I usually do really good in prop bets, so... Uh, I'll kind of give you some stars by them, you know, some three stars, some two stars, uh, because there's some I feel really a lot more comfortable about uh, about than others. I really love to jump on the plus monies. And Spence, believe it or not, the last couple of years, you can get plus money for a team to convert a fourth down conversion, which is always my one of my favorite props uh, each year because we're we're getting more and more aggressive. In the NFL, in these teams especially, uh, I definitely believe they'll be converting a fourth down. I don't know if it'll be plus money this year, but if it is, I'll be looking to put uh, a handsome amount of money on it. So make sure you tune in Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time next week. It's going to be big-time Super Bowl talk. We're going to try to have some guests on the show, some former NFL players, some guys that have played in some big games to give some breakdown and some opinions on Super Bowl talks. So make sure you check out next Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time, the rest stop. And we're going to go heavy into Super Bowl talk and prop bets as well for the Super Bowl and also support the YouTube channel. You can see all of our podcasts of the rest stop. Brad the Believer is the name of the YouTube channel. And we'll also have some more content as we continue to move forward in the year 2021. Spence, let's jump into the NBA and let's go to last night's action. We'll run down some of the scores of last night's NBA and then we'll talk about some of the matchups that stuck out. And if you watched some of those and if you did not, Spence, what are your thoughts? I mean, we're, we're about 20 games into the season almost at this point. Uh, this is a shortened NBA season. I believe only 72 games. Um, we, we know it's been kind of hit, hit or miss with postponements of games we don't know that every team's going to be able to complete that 72 game schedule um let's start off in a game spence maybe not a lot of importance to a lot of people but you kept your nba betting streak alive with this game spence the cleveland cavaliers they moved to nine and nine on the season they beat the pistons 122 107 now since this trade that brooklyn made for acquiring james harden uh torian prince and Jared Allen went over to the Cavs. The Cavs have been playing pretty decent basketball since then. Spence, you were all over this game. It continued your winning streak. Talk about what the Cavs have done since they, this trade has gone down and how their team has improved. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ty Lue, uh, not Ty Lue. Uh, shoot, and I can't think of his name. He was the interim head coach for the Grizzlies. But uh, he JB really has cast staff, right? JB, JB Bickerstaff. That's absolutely right. Uh, he has truly captured the attention of these guys. They want to play together. 
And a lot, they just feel like they're everyone's shorting them. And Colin Sexton has made one of the biggest leaps forward. He will be a candidate for um, most improved player of the year, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> so. It's right there, Bravo. The baby Yoda is right there. Do you see it? Spencer the Wiz looks very far away, so I haven't been able to to to, to give it to him yet. But that, there it is, Spence. This is your baby Yoda there, right there. We go. There. Can't wait. Okay. It'll be right there behind me during the show. Uh, but yeah, Colin Sexton, man, is uh, honestly didn't like him that much in college. Uh, the biggest problem for him was in Alabama, he did not play point guard. Uh, if you watch any of the Alabama games, I scouted him a little bit. He was not the one running the offense. And I don't think Darius Garland was the correct choice for them either. He's still not playing that great. But Colin Sexton has taken a, I, I think the game has just evolved for him. Like when he came into the league, it was very much like the point guard is traditional passing. Uh, I think teams are evolving more to kind of like Steph Curry. Steph Curry has nothing. He plays point guard, but he is not the point guard of that team. Uh, I don't really know like who is going to, is taking that role for them necessarily. Uh, but when you have guys like Andre Andre Drummond playing the best uh, season of his career. He's going to get a big contract. My prediction is going to go to the Celtics. Uh, it just all kind of fits together. They have shooters, and Jared Allen and Torian Prince are a great pieces to have on your team, especially Allen. But Torian Prince, we all know, has a tremendous amount of skill. I think he started his career uh, with the Atlanta Hawks. I like him there. Uh, then he went to the Brooklyn Nets. He still played well, and now he has even more of a role on this Cleveland team. And uh, the reason I'll tell you I took them in the spot, but besides the fact it was just a two-and-a-half-point spread, uh, Cleveland was coming off of a loss that they shouldn't have had, and Pistons were coming off of a big win off the Lakers. If you want to guarantee that the <laughs> one thing about the season, that the Pistons probably will not have two good back-to-back wins the entire season, I ended up being true, and they blew them out of the water. I thought that uh, spread would probably be like seven. I was really excited when I jumped on it. I think when it, it kind of closed at like four points. But even that would have covered as well. I'm a huge fan of Cleveland right now. They're a fun team to watch. If you guys like basketball, I know it hasn't been since LeBron left. It sounds weird to say that they're a good, fun team to watch, but they certainly are. Everybody around that team, Chetty Osman, all having a good time right now, all playing extremely hard. Spence, uh, a team that a lot of people have been talking about in the NBA, especially over the last month, they were in action last night. They are 12-8 and eight on the season only, and that's the Brooklyn Nets. They had to go to overtime to beat the Atlanta Hawks, and they did that 132-128. I think almost every game but one has gone over with the Nets since the acquisition of James Harden. Harden goes for 31-8 and 15 assists last night. The Nets are getting wins, Spence, but they're not doing it very impressively. They're going to have to play much better than they've played since James, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant have all played together come playoff time, or we're not going to be talking about them representing the East in the finals. They barely get past the Hawks. How do you think this continues to shake up as these guys continue to get more acclimated with each other on the floor? Yeah, it's essentially exactly how I thought it would be. The worst defensive team I've ever seen in my life. Just, I'm just going to go there right now. I think even the Charlotte Bobcats, who had like 12 wins that season, uh, were much better fundamentally than them. Kyrie Irving and James Harden don't play defense, and that's not going to change. So, uh, again, I, I said, and this it's not an issue. There is the fact that there's only one ball has nothing to do with it. You can stagger their minutes, and when they're all together, obviously, it's going to look pretty good too. It's hard to cover all three of those guys. You almost have to double team Kevin Durant. Uh, you almost have to double team Kyrie, and you can almost say the same about James Harden too. They're going to be scoring about 115, 120 a night. But if they're consistently every single game giving up 120, 124, it's just that's not going to lead you to a lot of success. 
playoff games are a lot tighter. For the regular season, they'll be fine. They can get away with these 124, 118 wins all the time. It's going to be exhausting for them to have to do that. I think they might burn out uh, come all-star break or at least after it. Uh, but still, when they start playing the Celtics, when they start playing Milwaukee, when you got to come down, when it comes down to like you got to help, you know, prevent them from scoring over 105 points, I legitimately don't think they have the tools to do that. Depending on Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan to stop a team to 105 points is not going to happen. And to tie it all together, you have a rookie head coach who does not have head coaching experience. I don't see how this is going to work out. I'm not impressed by what I've seen on the court from them. Spence, last night the Lakers get their first road loss of the season, the 76ers. They get the win. They're 10-1 and at home, 107-106. And LeBron James had a fantastic game. He had 34 points. He had six assists, six rebounds. He was 8 of 11 from the line. Anthony Davis only 5 of 10 from the free throw line. For the Sixers, Joel Embiid had 28 points. He was 11 of 13 from the free throw line. Spence, both teams shot under 65% from the free throw line. What is going on in the NBA with free throw shooting? And in a game like this, it it costs a team like the Lakers, and it's going to cost teams down the stretch. Why are we seeing such bad free throw shooting by these NBA teams, Spence? That's a great question. I I really can't answer that for you. But uh, the big storyline for the Lakers this year, as successful as they've been, is Anthony Davis is not catching up with them. Uh, He definitely has a little bit of hangover from the finals. And I think that's natural. And I think the fact that they are playing so well, even though he's kind of not been sucking, but he certainly has not been playing Anthony Davis basketball, uh, is a good sign, I would say, for the most part. So uh, they actually should have never been in this game. They took the lead off of like a butchered last three minutes of the game from the 76ers Tobias Harris ended up hitting an elbow jumper uh, off of a, I think it was over the bald headed guy for the Lakers. I can't think of his name. I can't think of anyone's name, but uh, he ended up making a great shot for them to seal the victory. I actually like the 76ers in this matchup and I was really sweating at the end of that one, but they were in the plus points. So it ended up working out for me anyways. Uh, Yeah. The Lakers going forward. I wouldn't really say much about them. They're, uh, they ended up getting blown out tonight by the Pistons, but it was a bad spot for them. They put, they have played a lot of extended minutes in the 76ers game. You're coming off a back-to-back. LeBron again played well, but not everybody is LeBron James. You're just not going to be able to just play the same every single night. A lot of these guys aren't that great or, you know, they're tired straight up. And the Pistons are a hungry team. They got Blake Griffin back tonight. Uh, so I stayed away from that game mostly. Uh, and on the 76ers side, again, I said when they have all five of their guys, I think they're undefeated. I think they're like 10-0 to 0 with all their starting lineup guys. So they're continuing to show how successful they can be. Uh, you know, have, get rid of, getting rid of their head coach last year was probably the best decision they could make. I'm not the hugest fan of Doc Rivers, but obviously he's an upgrade coaching-wise for them. He has finals experience, uh, and he seems to be a great fit for this team who finally retooled their rosters to fit around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Spence, last night as well, the Milwaukee Bucks moved to 11-6 and six on the season. They beat the Toronto Raptors 115-108. to 108. Giannis had 24 and 18 rebounds. Chris Middleton added 24. Brooke Lopez had a 20. The Milwaukee Bucks, they win against teams they're supposed to win against, but come playoff time, is this going to be the year Milwaukee can find a way to get over the hump? I don't believe. Actually, I, I'm not going to guarantee it, but I can guarantee it right now. I heard recently after Giannis, they had lost to the Lakers. He said that LeBron James is the greatest player in the world. That's all I need to know. They're not going to make the finals. They don't have anybody 
if a guy is willing, a guy who just won two MVPs is willing to bow down to LeBron James, even though it may be true, who cares? You need to have to have that mentality to make it to the finals. You got to be razor sharp. You have to have an edge to you. You have to lie to yourself about your greatness. And the fact that he's not doing that, he's just too humbled right now. He has no cockiness to him. Uh, it's nice, I guess. I mean, that's the kind of thing I guess you would like to see, you know, when you're coaching Little League. But unfortunately, this isn't Little League. We're talking about NBA basketball. They'll continue to beat the teams they should in the regular season. But in the playoffs, when they make uh, Giannis shoot threes, which he's forcing himself to do this season, they're going to crash and burn just like they always have. Nothing has changed about this team. And Drew Holiday certainly is not going to put them over the hump. That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. We're talking NBA action from last night. Uh, we'll get into tonight's action, and then we'll talk about tomorrow's card as well. Spence, the Washington Wizards, they fought a 3-11. They get blown out by the Pelicans 124-106 last night. Brad Beal goes off again for 47 points. This guy is a stud playing on a team that is going to be one of the worst in the league. Uh, some were saying he was crying on the sidelines uh, in a recent game. Uh, it looked like he was he, he's clearly visibly upset about the way this season's going. I know we both think Scott Brooks should be out of there. Uh, does Bradley Beal need a new change, uh, a new team, a new change of scenery? He's saying he wants to get this done in Washington, but, man, it looks like a really uphill climb for one of the best players in the game. Yeah, he has put his heart and soul into the Washington Wizards. Uh, I think it was this offseason or last, he signed a two-year extension worth like $47 million, something around that number, and uh, with the hopes that they could turn things around. I like some of their talent. A lot of them are out with COVID-19 issues, so technically these losses don't mean anything. But when you continually score 44 points efficiently, not like chucking up 50 shots and only hitting 15 or something like that with free throws, uh, he's just playing lights out. It's unfortunate to see a guy with this much talent. He kind of feels like the Matthew Stafford of the NBA. It's probably the best kind of uh, – one for one example I can give you between sports. Uh, he's doing everything he can. It's not going to work out for him. He's got to get traded uh, for him to continue to see the success in his career. There's no one can say he didn't do everything he could for his franchise. Like unlike James Harden, who said that he gave everything and that he did everything he could, which he did not. Bradley Beal has done exactly that. It's sad to see it happen, but it's time to move on. Uh, it's time to give him a chance to be successful. And they're obviously going to get a tremendous uh, package back for him. He is probably when we talk about top 15 players, I don't even think we said his name. He's absolutely a top 15 player in the NBA. Uh, I'm going to say that right now. I don't even know what our list was, but he's in there. Uh, and they're going to get something handsome back for him, probably some young prospect and a lot of first-round picks. I mean, that seems to be the standard for NBA picks or uh, trades now is the carousel of picks for the next five years. They'll absolutely get that. We'll see what else they can get out of it. But they're going to go for the first overall pick this year and hope that their Rory Hachimura, Troy Brown, uh, Denny can all, and then whoever they get next year can start to really reshape this team. And Scott Brooks, he, I don't know why he's not fired yet. He certainly will not be their coach next year. And we'll see if that new head coach can do something with them. Spence, a team that's quietly got a really good record, the Utah Jazz. They're 14 and four on the season. And I, I remember watching them a few weeks ago and they've lost some games and thinking, they're not doing that well. I look at their record. They got one of the best records in the league. They beat the Dallas Mavericks 116-104 last night. Rudy Gobert has 29 and 20 rebounds. We've talked about Donovan Mitchell being in that conversation for a top 15 player. Uh, the Jazz quietly have one of the best records in the Western Conference and getting some big-time production out of their newly signed, extended Rudy Gobert, who has a monster game last night. Uh the Jazz, I mean, 
they've had this team together a little while. Jordan Clarkson, one of the best six mans in the game. He has 31 last night. Talk about Utah for a second, Spence. Oh, there's a lot to talk about here. So Mike Conley is statistically the best player in NBA right now. Uh, like his plus minus and just team value efficiency. You can go down all these crazy analytics, but I'm not saying Mike Conley is the greatest player in the NBA, but uh, he's playing very well. He had a very major injury. Uh, last or two years ago I think it was a meniscus tear he's playing back to form I'm a Memphis fan so I obviously know what Mike Conley can do he's a he's a true leader of the team and that victory last night actually was without Donovan Mitchell they blew out the Mavericks without him now do the Mavericks suck in my opinion yes but still it's impressive to get a victory like that without your best player quote unquote uh, so they're rolling along I think they do have the best record in the NBA right now they're riding a 10 game win streak and they're just, I mean, Rudy Gobert, I think I mentioned this before, is the only player who's ever signed an extension and played better after it. Uh, they're getting the most value possible. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Seemed like a waste at the time when they signed it, but he's, he's, you know, he's on the next level. He's doing whatever he can for this franchise, and it's helping him out a lot. But the, the pairing of Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert stepping up their game, Bogdanovich, uh, through all this, has actually not been playing that well at all. So he's not even playing well, and they're still winning all these games. And Jordan Clarkson, he is the runaway sixth man of the year so far this year. No one's even come close. The only argument you can make, in my opinion, is Eric Gordon, but they are not on the same tier. Uh, Now, if there's a long season, injuries can happen. He can start playing not well. But I think this is the third year that Jordan Clarkson is there. He's allowed to just kind of do whatever he wants on the court. Uh, Sometimes it may not be beneficial to the team, but this year he seems to be playing at an all-time efficient level. I think he's shooting 50%, which is ridiculous for the way this guy's a volume shooter. I don't think he's going to stay the hot the entire year, but still, if he can even keep it within 45, 42%, it's going to take this team a really long way. Do I expect him to end the, the season with the best record in the NBA? No, I do not. But is a top three seed possible? It sure is, and it looks more and more likely every single day. Spence, Last night, the postponed game, Chicago Bulls, your Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have only played 13 games this season. Spence, can you give us any idea what's going on with Memphis? They haven't. It feels like they haven't played a game in a week, and we don't know when they're going to play another game. Has it come out publicly what's going on within that Memphis Grizzlies locker room and that organization? I mean, uh, we're talking about a week's worth of basketball pretty much that has been lost. It's sad. <laughs> I miss watching Memphis Grizzlies games. It's my favorite part of the day. But no, they haven't said. I don't, I don't know if anyone's tested positive or if they all tested positive. They've kept it under wraps. This was the LA Lakers we would know the night of. I think it's just because we're like the second smallest market in the NBA. Not as much media coverage. We just get the tweet from Shams and Woj that the games are postponed and we move on. Do I really hope they can come back soon? Gosh, I really do. Uh, it seems like it's... but. If the whole team got COVID, it's two weeks. You got to wait two weeks, and there's nothing we can do about it. And I think that's what's going to end up happening. They're at the keep canceling game after game, unless they can start bringing a bunch of G League guys, which I would love to see. <laughs> I can go down the G League guys all day. Uh, but still, I think they're going to have to end up doing that soon because unless they make these games up at uh, All-Star break, which is what I want them to do, they're going to be way behind. They might not even be eligible for the playoffs with how many games they've missed. Spence, let's get into tonight's card. The Houston Rockets get another win, 104-101 over the Portland Trailblazers. The Houston Rockets, believe it or not, they're 8-9 and nine on the season. They're almost at 500, and they got 25 from Victor Oladipo tonight. John Wall adds 20. Christian Wood having another uh, great game, and he's really making his case for the most improved player. He has 22 points, 12 rebounds. DeMarcus Cousins only played 11 minutes. Daniel House Jr. played 19 minutes, had 11 points. 
Uh, the Rockets get a win, Spence, and, and surprising some people after the James Harden trade, winning some some gutsy games here in the last week. Nice win tonight for the Houston Rockets. The Rockets are America's team. That's that's what I'm labeling as. Uh, they are basically the Browns of the NBA as of right now, where everyone's just kind of rooting for them. You know, James Harden leaves and terribly the way he kind of talked about that franchise and what they had done for him. And Victor Oladipo, of course, is looking to become the face of the franchise for that Houston team, who they're going to have to end up signing to a fairly big deal. Um, but this is a collection of guys who are on prove it to me deals. Christian Wood is underpaid, surprisingly, after just getting a big deal. We all know John Wall, obviously, had that absence with uh, the Wizards. And after the Wizards game, he ended up saying, you know, they thought I was done. Clearly, he took that quite personally. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, is at, people think his career is over. He's trying to prove that it's not. And then everybody else on the team, too. It's not bad. This is a good roster from top to bottom. When James Harden said they don't have the talent, he was absolutely lying. He just doesn't have the talent. He just doesn't have the will to be great. Uh, so they're gonna—they're not gonna be good. I, they might miss the playoffs, but still, I think this team has a foundation finally to improve upon, and they're gonna be competitive each night because you also have a rookie head coach who is trying to prove himself as one. Because I think he was an assistant for eleven years before getting this opportunity. They all want it. They all want to win, and uh, I'm staying away from them mostly when it comes to betting because I just don't. I just think that they're due for a good night any single night, even though they might not play consistent the entire year. Spence, without Paul George, without Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers get a win tonight, 109-105 over the Miami Heat. The team that represented the Eastern Conference in the finals in the bubble this past season, they're off to a 6-12 and start this year. They've had no Jimmy Butler for almost a week here. He's came down with COVID. Uh, the Miami Heat may not even make the playoffs this year, Spence. Uh, the Clippers, they're doing getting it done without George, without Leonard. Talk about both of these teams for a minute, Spence. This was the first team on my ticket. I took the uh, L.A. Clippers, and I'll tell you why. Miami is straight up not playing good basketball right now, and uh, it's not working. Whatever it is, their roster just isn't what it was last year. They caught a special spark. Now they were without Jimmy Butler, without Mo Harkless. Uh, I think they were without uh, uh, Andre Godala. So this isn't the full Heat squad. So basically you have a not full Heat squad against a not full Clippers squad. Okay, so what's remaining? And then what have you seen recently? Uh, I actually bet against the Clippers the first night that uh, Kawhi and Paul uh, were not playing. I think it was too short notice. I don't believe in uh, Ty Luke can make a game plan overnight. I don't think he's a good coach. Uh, and well, well and behold, they end up getting blown out. But still, they, they do play well. When you go down to Reggie Jackson, Nicholas Batum, Marcus Morrow, Sergi Baca, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the sixth man of the year for Lou Williams. Those are five guys who are starters on most teams. And some of them were starters on championship teams if a couple years ago. So there's no reason for them. I actually like uh, Ian Mann too on their team and just a, a lot of good prospects all around. Uh, they were actually down 17 in the first quarter. I think Miami went eight for 11 from downtown to start the game, but I didn't believe it was going to last very long. There's no way you can shoot 80%. Uh, and then it ended up, the Clippers ended up going by 17 in the third quarter. Uh, went up by 18 to start the fourth. It was a really close game at the end. Reggie Jackson actually called a timeout when they didn't have any at the end of the game, and it caused a four-point swing or technically six. And then he got fouled after that play, and he missed a free throw. Uh, but still, they got the cover. The Clippers are not the worst team in the league right now. Don't 
let the Patrick Beverly, Kawhi, and PG fool you. This team is the most talented roster in the NBA. I just don't think they're the best. And tonight they actually got the victory, and I think they'll get a few more depending on who they play. Spence, the Phoenix Suns improved the 9-8 on the season. They get it done without Devin Booker, with no Cameron Payne tonight, and they win 114-93 over Golden State, who had all of their guns. Golden State is so inconsistent this year, Spence. The Warriors should beat the Suns without Devin Booker and Cameron Payne. This was the uh, second game. I, this is what won me my ticket. Uh, so I ended up cashing in once again. It's my fourth NBA ticket in a row that I've gotten correct. And I'll tell you the reason why I picked them in this game. Uh, so I, I bet on Golden State both games against Minnesota. Easy wins. Now let's look at the context. The Suns last night, because they were both coming off back-to-back, so no team's going to be more tired than the other. They're playing the exact same. Uh, the Warriors coming off back-to-back victories over the Minnesota Timberwolves. The worst team in the NBA, as far as I'm concerned. I know the Wizards probably, I think they have a worse record, and I think the Pistons do too. But still, Minnesota is one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen in my life. So they're playing a little relaxed. They've just had two easy games. And then, uh, like I said, Phoenix lost to OKC, a game they should not have lost last night. So they're going to be a little more hungry coming into this one. And obviously they were. These guys were extremely engaged. Chris Paul was the leader of the team tonight. Uh, it was a little close in the beginning, but in the fourth quarter, they just pulled away. I don't like the Warriors. <laughs> I, we need you talk for the season. I don't. I thought I thought they were going to stink. They're obviously a little better than that. But guys named Damian Lee, uh, uh, Kelly uh, Kelly Oubre has been awful this year. Pascal Spence, is Kelly okay. Oubre is terrible. He's got to go to the bench. He was one of eleven tonight. Oh, of five from three again. This guy is awful shooting the basketball this year. He brings great effort on the defensive side, but he's an offensive liability. Uh, this guy's got to go to the bench. I think Eric Pascal has got to take his spot. Eric Pascal is the much better player at this point. Um, Kelly Oubre is so bad. 22% from three-point range, 35% from the field. This guy is terrible offensively this year for Golden State, and I think they've got to take him out of the starting lineup. Yeah, but who are they going to replace him with? That's kind of my point. Kavon Looney? Mm, Eric okay. Pascal, he's, he's yeah. a really good player. Brad Wanamaker, Michael Mulder. Like, these are guys getting legitimate minutes for Golden State. So I didn't like him in this spot, and I was, uh, you know, luckily correct tonight. And I do not – I very rarely pick them. It, it just it, – it's all so contextual in basketball, but they're in a very short list for me. Spence, the last game tonight uh, – it wasn't the last game, but the last one we'll go over. The Lakers, like they dropped two in a row. The Pistons, 107-92. You talked about Blake Griffin back in the lineup. No Anthony Davis for the Lakers tonight. This is one of those ones the Lakers kind of just packed it in. The play, the Pistons play pretty hard every night. They seem to cover a lot of games this season. They've only got five wins on the season, but they play pretty tough night in and night out. Yeah, Casey is going to – he's a good coach. He won Coach of the Year like, what, four years ago, as we all forget. I think it was even three years ago, very recently. Uh, so we know he's going to get these guys in the right position. They just – are the worst run franchise in all of basketball. It's actually sad. I remember as a kid, I remember the Pistons have been bad my entire life, or at least as long as I've been playing basketball. So when I found out they used to be this awesome team that used to kind of dominate, I was like, whoa, really? Because what I see from them this year, it gets worse and worse and worse. They took three guys in the most mediocre draft since Anthony Bennett, who actually was a little bit of value in that draft. But this is the worst draft I've ever seen. Uh, since I've been scouting. The, uh, so they're just going all in on this. And then the guy who they picked was terrible. Killian Hayes. He ends up 
uh, getting hurt too. He gets the same injury, I think, as Isaiah Thomas, which is really concerning for such a young guy. But still, I, I, Jeremy Grant playing a fantastic season. Another guy who's a candidate for most improved player of the year. Blake Griffin, we know, is going to do Blake Griffin stuff. Whether or not that's all-star level, that's another question. Uh, they overpaid Plumley, So nothing about this team is good. And Casey, I don't think, has any sort of say in it. And he's just rolling with what he's got. And I don't have confidence for them to do anything good in the future. So if you're a Detroit friend, I'm sorry. Nothing. And he just got a new GM, too. So he's going to be around there for a while. It's it's all pain for Pistons. Spence, let's hit, let's hit tomorrow's NBA card Friday night. Uh, quite a few games on the slate. Indiana Pacers, they're three-point road favorites against the Charlotte Hornets. We've heard a little bit in the NBA circles, LaMelo Ball not getting the type of playing time he would like as a top three pick. The Hornets up and down this year. Uh, they've lost more than they've won, won over the last month here. Uh, the Pacers getting a lot of production from Demonis Sabonis. And uh, once again, Miles Turner back regularly in that lineup. They'll be even more afford, uh, formidable. Pacers three-point road favorites against Charlotte tomorrow night, 4 o'clock tip-off here in Vegas. Did you say if Sabonis is coming back tomorrow? No, no, no. I uh, I said Miles Turner is hoping to get back in the lineup more regularly. Sabonis uh, yeah. Sabon- should be a go. Okay, because he had that uh, bruised knee, so uh, he was day-to-day when it first had happened. If yeah, they do play, yeah. Yeah. If they do play, I'm a big fan of the Pacers in this spot. Uh, the Charlotte is just not a serious team, and uh, you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit with the ball. It's going to happen. When you draft any of those guys, there's going to be controversy around your team no matter what. Can you justify playing him over the guys they have in those top spots? I don't really think so. Devontae Graham has been playing better. They're just not a good – I just don't like anything about them. You know, They have the roster. This is the year they were supposed to take the, the big leap forward because of how much talent they have on their team. I like Mikhail Bridges. I like Graham. Terry Rozier, I'm not a huge fan of, but he's still good. I just don't think they should have him. So if they if this really does become an issue and they keep continuing to be bad, trade Terry Rozier, let LaMelo Ball start, and then that's kind of the founding the foundation. I think you can get a late first rounder for Terry Rozier. Anybody's desperate for a backup point guard will definitely do that. I'll, uh, not, not a Lakers team because they do have a good uh, point guard situation, not the Clippers, but still. There's a team in the top five for e- either conference that will be willing to – give that out because you're not going to get a better value at least for the most part and also you got to (laughs) think like if you are the lakers let's say for example let's say they did need one you're trading what the 29th pick let's say you think you like the guy at that spot you're not going to play him next year because you're going for a finals run so that's where the value comes in and getting a first round pick if you're charlotte uh so i'm a i like the paces here i'm thinking about putting some action on them uh not final but still very weird line to me that charlotte should be uh Spence in D.C. tomorrow, the Wizards, they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs at Capital One Arena at home against the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks, road favorite here. The Wizards, uh, we we know they, they can't seem to win. At some point, you got to think the Wizards, with some of the talent they have, will go on a bit of a winning streak. Does it start tomorrow night against the Hawks? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. And the Hawks are just really bad defensively. So I think Bradley Beal, if there's a prop or not a prop, but you know, if you can take a total for Bradley Beal, if it's set at 30 or even 35, I think I would take the over again. The Hawks are a bottom five team and defensively, uh, I don't care what the statistics say, just watching them. I know it's true. 
Uh, so the only good defensive player they have is Clint Capella, which was one of the best trades they've made in recent years. Uh, so I'm, I'm a big fan of the Hawks in this spot. I think that they could easily cover this spread. I have no confidence in them to win any games as long as they're, the Wizards are not healthy. And even when they are, I don't see a reason the way they've been playing that they can start covering games. Now, is it going to be perfect every night? Are they going to lose out the season? Of course not. But uh, the Hawks are hovering around 500, and uh, they obviously don't want to start dipping below it. Uh, so I like. I think the Hawks can definitely take the four and a half year. Spence, Cavaliers travel to Madison Square Garden to take on the Knicks. Cavs a short one-point favorite. Uh, the Cavs burned me in this spot earlier in the year against the Knicks. I thought Cleveland was playing well. The Knicks came out and, and uh, handled them pretty well. Is this just a good matchup for the Knicks? Uh, what do you think here? Cleveland road one-point favorite against the Knicks tomorrow night. This is one of the most interesting games of the season for me, actually. I know that's me being a basketball head. And when you say it out loud, it sounds terrible. Two guys, two teams that are like not currently in the playoffs. But Andre Drummond is probably going to have a fantastic game. Julius Randle isn't a dominant rebounder. And Andre Drummond, I think, had a really good game against them. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, that first time they played, are not the same team at all. And the Knicks are trending downwards. So I'm staying away from this game because it feels like it's the culmination of can the Knicks bounce back from this not playing well and can the Cavaliers continue to play well? It's too dicey for me. Uh, but if I had to bet this game, I, I would take uh, the New York Knicks. I just think that defensively they can take advantage of a young team, uh, kind of confuse them, kind of frustrate them. So if you put a gun to my head, there you go. Spence, the Sacramento Kings travel to Tampa to take on the Toronto Raptors. High total in this one, 229.5. The Raptors are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Look, the Kings got Tyrese Halliburton. This guy is starting to pull away for rookie of the year consideration. Uh, the Kings don't have a great record, but they can beat anybody on any given night. This this line makes no sense, so there must be some sort of injury, in my opinion. If not, there's so much value on Sacramento here. Why should anybody have – I think Toronto's had like one good win in the past week. So go Kings here. I know they're not the best team in the world. They're just straight up not. They came out to a hot start, and they're kind of coming back down to earth. Marvin Bagley stinks. Uh, but still, like you said, Tyrese Halliburton's playing fantastic. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is playing very well too. They are, are they have so much talent from top to bottom. I think they have one of the most talented rosters in the league in my opinion. So they could – easily take advantage of a Toronto Raptors team that's going to sneak into like the seventh seed this year. Spence, is there any rookies or second year players that may be able to be in the conversation to be an all-star this year? Uh, somebody like Zion Williamson, a John Morant, uh, Jalen Brown, guys that we haven't seen on that stage yet. Uh, are any, any young guys that you may consider to be all-stars this year? So you just mentioned it, Jalen Brown. This guy is one of the best shooting guards in the league straight up now. And it doesn't, it's not like just this year. Like if I would have make a top five shooting guards, there's no way he's not there. And he's probably top three. I'd have to really go down the list, but I think he's shooting close to 50% from downtown. He's making everything. He has been the actual leader of this Celtic squad. Who's playing good again. I just don't know why they haven't made it to the finals yet. There's no reason they shouldn't have, uh, but he, if he doesn't, he's definitely going to make an all-star team. I think the real question is, is he going to make an all-pro team uh, or an all-NBA team, excuse me? Uh, he could easily be second-team all-pro. Right now, he's playing like it. Spence, uh, some more games on tomorrow night's card of the NBA. The Milwaukee Bucks are seven-point road favorites. They travel 
to to the Smoothie King Center to take on the Pelicans. Bucks seven point favorites. What do you think about this one, Spence? I'm sorry. What was that game? Milwaukee, New Orleans. Milwaukee's a seven point favorite against the Pelicans. Yeah, I don't believe in the Pelicans. I refuse to bet them ever again. Uh, they are the most unserious team in NBA basketball. Uh, they are the Arizona Cardinals of the. I don't like their head coach hiring. I don't think that was a good decision at all. Uh, they they need a guy who puts some accountability on their team. They have been lacking that desperately. Uh, and they didn't hire somebody to do that. These guys are going around. Brandon Ingram again's having a fantastic season. Zion Williamson still doesn't know how to play basketball after a full off season. I don't think this guy's committed to basketball, in my opinion. Uh, not to say that he's not talented, but the fact that his game hasn't progressed with one iota, he still looks like he's out of shape. I don't know what it is about him, but I'm glad that the Grizzlies were not lucky enough to get the first overall pick because I'd much rather have John Morant than Zion Williamson. Even if his stats are better, it contributes to nothing. Tell me why they're losing all the time. They should be in the seventh or eighth seed easily, and they should be even higher than that. If Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, um, I know that Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball. So it's it. I mean, they're just not a serious basketball team. Yeah. So I agree with you, Spence. I don't know what's going on. Stan Van Gundy's better. He better get it together because this isn't going to, there's going to be heads rolling with players and Van Gundy's not going to have a job long if they don't start getting better real quick. I, I like Milwaukee tomorrow night as well with the seven. There's going to be five more games on the slate. Clippers, Magic, Sixers, Timberwolves, a Nets, Thunder. Nets are an eight and a half point favorite. Spence, they're playing high total games every single game, 230 and a half. Uh, the Nets should blow out the Thunder tomorrow night. Am I right? They will. Uh, I think the highest scorer, I don't think, I think they have one player on OKC who scored over 13 points a game. Uh, it's going to be, my prediction is 130 to 102. So I don't know. I don't know what you just said the over was, but I don't know if that hits it, but still they're going to, I like OKC. I think that you just have literally no talent on their team anymore. Like Al Horford is probably one of their best players. Shea Gellagas Alexander obviously takes that title, but secondary to that, uh, gets a little dicey, especially when they have guys like Dort who are playing significant minutes for them. But yeah. it's nice to see a team that plays so hard. It's just it's kind of one of the they're not fun to watch. I'll tell you that right now. But if you're a true basketball mind, you like to you like defense and you like team play. They're one of the best teams in the league at doing that. There you go. The uh, the Nuggets take on the Spurs and the Maverick Jazz. Spence, give us one game tomorrow that you'll be keeping a close eye on and maybe one that you'll be looking to play as one of your favorites tomorrow night. Yeah, let's uh, look down here. Uh, I think Brooklyn Nets might probably be one of my favorites. I like Atlanta minus four and a half. Uh, and the Pacers minus three. Uh, so those three games are my most interested. I'll just have to kind of finalize down which ones interest me the most. But if you guys like those three picks, those are my three picks. And again, I'm on a four-ticket winning streak right now, so I'm hoping to continue that streak tomorrow. Congrats to Spencer the Wiz. Nice job on that one. Bravo, we talked about the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame last show. Uh, nobody got in. They didn't get the 76% votes. Necessary Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, all not in. Uh, look, baseball's a joke for, for that, and I think they're a joke in general. I know you don't agree with that, Brian, but – uh, it really is. They don't do a great job of marketing their stars. Uh, they've got to do a better job. This this does not make a good look uh, for the type of voting situation in Major League Baseball to have these stick-in-the-mud writers not 
have any of these guys in the Hall of Fame. Now, if you want to debate whether Schilling's a Hall of Famer or not, that's fine. But Bonds and Clemens, in my opinion, are hands down, should not have to be waiting this long to get on the Hall of Fame. So, Spence, as we're wrapping up tonight's show, let's briefly hit a little NFL action. The Houston Texans finally made a move in the head coaching ranks, um, and it's David Culley, offensive assistant with the uh, Baltimore Ravens passing game coordinator. Um, I mean, the Houston Texans are certainly going to line up to be the worst team in the NFL this year. Deshaun Watson officially now on the trading block. Uh, look, every team pretty much in the league, except for three or four, will be vying for his services. Do you have an idea? Do you have a guess, your best guess, who has maybe the best shot to land Deshaun Watson? It's who knows. I, that really is a tough question. Everybody, right? I would say about 70% of the league is eligible to kind of make that play for him. Uh, but they just, <laughs> when they see, when you see the hiring of uh, David Culley, it's just, you know that they're the worst friend franchise in all of NFL football. You still haven't even talked to Eric Bieniemy yet. So why is anyone, they were the last head coaching vacancy, if I'm not mistaken. So yes. was anyone lining up to take him somewhere else? I doubt it, especially if he knows he might've been, if David Culley knows he may be the new head coach of them, he's not going to go somewhere. He's not going to get a head coaching job anywhere else. The rush for this makes no sense. Nothing they do ever makes sense. And that's why Deshaun Watson and most likely JJ. Yeah, they'll be and moving that, on next year. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't hear David Culley's name mentioned in any circles at all. Not even a guess. Not even a terrible guess from anybody. So this just tells you uh, how crappy situation the Houston Texans are going to be in for quite some time. Oh, oh, bravo! Take another shot. Cook up some biscuits. We'll bring you back on the show. We'll let you and Jen show off the biscuits you're making. You could show the ring off. Uh, this is Brian Bravo's 19th engagement, everybody. Just for everybody listening out there, he's like the Liz Taylor uh, of people that you know as far as marriages go. So, Bravo, you get no shout-out for your 19th engagement. Uh, we will be there at the wedding if it does take place at some point in time. Uh, Spencer the Wiz, Brian Bravo did say he was going to try to make it out for the Super Bowl. We'll try to hold him to that. I, I give it about a 1% chance that he makes it out here. Uh, so don't count your chickens on that one. We hope to see him back in Vegas at some point in time, but I don't know if that happens anytime soon. Deshaun Watson, look, he, somebody's going to render his services somewhere. and They're going to pay handsomely to do so. It's going to be exciting to see what team does that. I think it's really unfortunate for Houston Texans fans because this is a city, uh, a sports town, and a franchise that does uh, – I, I want to see succeed. It just seems like they have all the wrong pieces right now, and I don't know if this David Culley hire does anything moving in, in their favor. I heard that they're going to hire Lovey Smith, former Bears coach, as defensive coordinator. Uh, Lovey Smith just got fired from the University of Illinois as their head coach because they couldn't hardly win a game. I like Lovey Smith a lot, uh, but he did nothing for the University of Illinois, and that's unfortunate. Um, so hopefully coming in as a coordinator, he does a little bit better. But it looks like they're going to probably do that without J.J. Watt and without Deshaun Watson. So we'll, we'll, we'll monitor that story closely as we head in to Super Bowl week next week in the offseason of 2020-21. And Spence, uh, if anyone misses any part of the show, make sure you check out the podcast version of the show. Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, under Landry Football Conference Call and the rest stop will be underneath there. So make sure you go to LandryFootball.com and check out all of the rest stop stuff there. And, of course, the YouTube channel, at Brad the Believer. 
Um, you will see all of our YouTube postings of the shows. Download the Twitch app. Check it out. www.twitch.tv slash Football. You can check us out live every Tuesday and Thursday. And we'll be back next Tuesday. It'll be heavy Super Bowl talk going into Super Bowl week. Myself and Spencer the Wiz will have some guests on. We'll break down everything in regards to Super Bowl 55 in Tampa between the Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll hit you up with some prop bets as well. So make sure you tune in next week, 9 o'clock Pacific time. For Spencer the Wiz, I'm Brad the Believer. Have a great night. We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a good weekend. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.